The weekend is finally here. Do not waste it indoors. Get out there. And by out there, I mean to a game, a concert, or a show. You've got to get your tickets from Fan Exchange for a safe, easy, and reliable experience. Tickets purchased on Fan Exchange are always guaranteed. No getting to the gate and worrying about getting in. Fan Exchange gets you closer to the action. Find the very best seats at the very best prices at fanexchange.com. Use the promo code ROME. That's promo code ROME and get 50% off the service fees on your next purchase. Fan Exchange. We have tickets. Fan Exchange. Promo code ROME. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. If you're on the field, you have to stand for the national anthem, or else your team is going to get fined. If you're on the field, you have to stand, or you get fined. Now, you don't have to be on the field. Players can also choose to remain in the locker room during the national anthem. Teams can also develop their own policies to punish players who protest. And it doesn't relate to just players. According to item number six, the commission or commissioner may also be able to discipline individual players depending on the definition of league personnel. So having gotten that out of the way, let's get down to business here. Because frankly, this is about business. It's more about business than it is patriotism. Because to me, excuse me, to me, this doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, frankly. It's ill-conceived. It's convoluted. I mean, I'm not even sure where to start. Like, one owner was cited by the Detroit Free Press as saying he believes that raising a fist and linking arms during the playing of the anthem would also constitute disrespect of the anthem. I mean, are you really serious about that? Seriously. Linking arms during the national anthem is disrespect to the national anthem. Look, I know that many of you come here to get away from politics. I've done everything in my power, despite having opinions on politics, but I've done everything in my power not to talk politics. But this has been made political. The politics have been brought to my doorstep. Believe me, I would much rather talk about the NBA playoffs or the Stanley Cup final. Hell, I'd rather talk about tapeworms then talk about this, and especially knowing how you feel about what I'm about to say. But the fact is, let's start with the basics here. The protests, this is really important, and this is the way I see this. The protests are not about the national anthem. They've never been about the national anthem. They're not about the flag. They're not about the military. And to me, to claim that they are is pretty ignorant. The idea that the players are making a statement That the nation is not living up to the values represented by the flag is somehow disrespectful to the flag is just beyond me. Because that's not what they're saying. I mean, whose idea was it for Colin Kaepernick to kneel in the first place? Think about how much you resent this guy for doing that. Well, whose idea was that? Where did he get that idea? He got it from a Green Beret. Green Beret, Texas Longhorn, Seattle Seahawk, Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer gave him that idea. It was born out of a conversation that the two of them had. A conversation where Boyer said the first words from Kaepernick were to thank Boyer for his service. So again, to reiterate, this is not about disrespecting the flag or the military. I think a lot of people who claim that that is what that's about are trying to twist it so you don't have to acknowledge or address 
the real concerns that are being raised by the demonstrations in the first place. Because from the outset, the players have made it pretty clear that their concerns are with social injustice. Their concerns are with police brutality. It hasn't been about the flag. It hasn't been about the military. It hasn't been about the troops or other things that people want to twist it into. It's been about civil rights. It's been about police brutality. The kind of police brutality, as an example, that we saw in the video released yesterday involving Milwaukee Buck Sterling Brown, who was tasered in a Walgreens parking lot. And again, this is not a comment on the police. It's an extremely difficult job, an extremely challenging job, an extremely dangerous job. But there are concerns, and these athletes are trying to express their concerns. The video coming out the same day, that video came out the same day that the league released its new policy, points out to me how convoluted that policy is, how off it is. Which brings me to my next point, the timing. Colin Kaepernick did not play last season. Eight players knelt in week two of last season. No one knelt during the playoffs. The issue pretty much has faded away. And don't get me wrong, the issues that were being protested had not faded away. But the story of the NFL protest had faded away. So why address it now? It's back now. The NFL came up with the policy, and now it's right back in the news again. And it's going to be all summer long, and it's going to be into the season. And now it's going to be an issue every week during the NFL season. And you best believe that players who weren't thinking about protesting right now are probably thinking about doing it again, starting in week one. Players who were not on the field during the national anthem, even if they went back to use the restroom, are going to be asked why they weren't out there. And then teams are going to be asked what they're going to do to punish those players. And then we'll have some guy on TV this morning saying, quote, you have to stand proudly for the national anthem or you should not be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country, end quote. Should not be in the country. I mean, someone seriously saying or strongly implying that not standing for the national anthem is now grounds for deportation? Is that what you're saying? Listen, making people stand for the national anthem isn't really patriotic. Making people stand for the national anthem isn't American. In fact, if anything, it's un-American. Forced patriotism is the opposite of patriotism. So no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. Yeah, I'm not that bright. I didn't come up with that myself. That's the Supreme Court in 1943. The fact that we have the right to protest is crucial to what makes America America, right? It's what makes America special. So when confronted with the issues that the players were raising with their protests, the best move would have been for the league to lead, for the league to lead, to work with the players, play a real role in addressing the issues that were being raised in the protests. Or they could have done nothing. Or they could have done nothing because it seemed like the whole thing had just kind of died down and gone away. But they did something. And in trying to placate both sides, they probably made it worse. 1-800-636-8686. Got a busy hour coming up, but if you want to react, go ahead. And the reaction's coming in fast and furious on both sides. This email says, hey, Jim, let me get this straight. As a nation that talks about freedom, like we have exclusive rights to it, we are now mandating 
that people celebrate and honor that freedom and also telling them how to do it. Is the irony lost on everyone? Do we all need a refresher course in what freedom means? The military disrespect narrative is simply a way to paint people in a negative light while they exercise the very rights that our military fights to defend. This is embarrassing. Signed, Jake in Seattle. War, real freedom. Yeah, again, I'm just saying, in terms of the protest, it's not about the flag. It's not about the military. That's not what that is. That's not what these players are protesting. It's absolutely not about the military. And it's not about the flag. It's about civil rights. Perceived injustices. Jeff in San Antonio. I can't wait to find out what he's got today. Let's do this. We go to San Antonio. My man, Jeff. Jeff, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, Jim. What's going on, man? What's um, up? That's a, loaded, that's a loaded question. That's a term I learned from this show. If I told you everything's going on, you wouldn't believe half of it. But um, I'm calling to kind of uh, probably cry again, to be honest with you. But I was curious if I might be able to extend an invitation to you and your wife to the ceremony um, for me and my, my proposed wife, my fiance, we're going to get married, and I would love nothing more than for you to be able to attend. Well, first of all, I'm honored. That's, that's really something, Jeff. Um, let me ask you, and I'll check with the boss like I do for everything social, when is the ceremony? Um, probably right after the smack-off, because that five grand that I win is certainly going to help either playing for your airfare or our airfare to come to you. I love it. All right, so once you get in the smack off, of course, you have to get that golden ticket back because you already got choppered and I took it. But yeah, on the strength of this phone call, I might be willing to give it back to you. And then if you win and you get that five grand, that certainly would help either for the honeymoon or anything at all. It's the weekend. You've got errands to run. Do not make a single trip without buckling up, though. Cops are stepping up enforcement on motorists who are not wearing their seatbelts. If you've thought to yourself, I'm not going very far, or I'm in a rush, or seatbelts are just too uncomfortable, then know this. You're putting yourself at the risk of injury or death. There is never a good excuse not to buckle up because it's always dangerous to not wear your seatbelt when you get behind the wheel of a car. You know the saying. Now make it a household rule to live by. Click it or tick it. When you're not wearing your seatbelt, you're risking serious injury or death. It's a fact. Cops are writing tickets, so don't take the risk. Don't play the odds. Again, let me say it so it sticks. Click it or ticket. Listen, let me ask you this. So you have baby Jordan. You're going to have the ceremony. Jeff, what's it mean to you to marry the fiance you love so much? Can you put that in words? Not without crying, Jim. Literally, like, tears are welling up in my eyes right now. Um, I was thinking a lot about that as I was on hold, and I really owe a lot of that to you, to be honest. Um, you haven't ever really gone into great detail about you and your wife's relationship, which I respect very highly. But you have kind of laid some fundamental clues about, you know, what, what you went through when you knew. And I sum it up really easily. Um, I know my fiance is the one for me because there's nobody else that I have more faith in than her, including myself. And I know that she can do things that I can't, and I can do things that she can't, but together... We're stronger than either one of us could be separately. So that's the easiest question to answer in the world. That's why I know she's the one. And there's nothing else that I want than to make her my wife so that we can continue on this path that we're on with that security and that wellness and the blessings from the people like yourself and others that are involved with us. 
for the long term and not just one of these things that people hope work out. Dude, you're like almost too good to be true, and you found your soulmate. It, does she listen to the program? And if she's not listening, or even if she were, what would you say to her? She listens somewhat. I kind of have gotten her into it. She, she understands much more now about the show's you know, focus and premise. And, and kind of like Silk said, it's a moral and epic show disguised as a sports show. And she gets that. And, and most of your listeners, I can tell you, they probably don't. And I have no idea if she's listening. She's probably not. She's at home taking care of the kid while I'm at work. Um, Jordan appreciates the value that I put into my fandom of sports. You know, you say it a lot. It's a microcosm of society and it really is. And it it makes our life better. Our intimate relationship is better for insights like yours and the sports that we bring into our household. And then we're excited to raise our daughter as an athlete and to give her that mind of an athlete that you always talk about a lot as well. Dude, why did you think that you were going to cry? You're holding this thing together beautifully. You're fine. You're fine. I am crying. Actually, there are tears literally running down my face, but I'm not alluding to it i guess i i'm handling it a little bit better than i i have in the past but i i want to i want to give you some appreciation i really do thank you for kind of pointing out the in touch with his emotions thing i learned a long time ago it's it's okay to cry but you can't cry at work so i'm at lunch we're cool there um but you're right jim i mean it, it really is okay to express that emotion sometimes hell yes but, it is bro do you you can lose credibility if you do it too often so it, it, it's it's a double-edged sword for sure that that's a that's a good point you can lose credibility if you do it too often so i've got to ask the question jeff i got to be real how often do you cry do you cry every day or only when you call this show <laughs> man to be honest if i tried hard enough i could probably think about crying every single day i'm, I'm just a very empathetic type of person always have been so i can look at the news or i can see something that's going on around me and really really start bawling for no apparent reason if i wanted to so uh, how often do i cry that's often as needed i guess <laughs> it's not a it's not a stretch relief for me it's not like oh i need to go schedule in a cry so i can feel better sometimes things just move you and I try to eliminate the embarrassment from that as much as possible. My man, you are, you, you, you are the best. Let me just say this, Jeff. I, I appreciate the invite very much. I'll check with Janet. She runs our calendar. But in the meantime, I can make this. I can do this for you. You are in touch with your emotion. You should be. I respect it. You, my friend, have re-earned the golden ticket. Give it back to him, Alvin. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden you tell ticket. baby Jordan. And you tell the missus that you are once again holding a golden ticket and now eligible for the five GUR. Jeff, you have an amazing weekend. I appreciate the invite, and let's talk again soon. Brother, great job. You pick him up, Hawk. You do it right now. And Jeff, whatever you do, don't fire up Twitter. I got your back. I'm not sure anybody else does. Whatever you do, do not go to TweetDeck. Do not go to Twitter. Or do it if you don't give a damn. My man is the best. Jeff in San Antonio. He's a beauty. All right, so now I've got an invite to the wedding, too. He's right. I think he's the only one who gets this show when the rest of you do not. 1-800-636-8686. Your reaction to that phone call. You know where to find me. You can call me. You can hit me on Twitter at Jim Rome. You can email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. If you want to take it to the Facebook page, you can find me on Facebook. You can hit my Instagram account, whatever you want. There's a million different ways. You can hit that voicemail number that we use for our podcast. You can't not find me. I'm everywhere. I'm easy to find. Watch that camera, Hawk. Yep. I can't wait for the time that Hawk comes running in here and smashes his head on the camera. (laughs) 
All right, so I'm checking some of the uh, early reaction. You know it's a good phone call when there's reaction well before the end of the phone call. The first tweet through, at my stage name, is this guy for real? Nobody's more real. Oh, he's for real. That's legit. That's legit. That's not some stage phone call. That's not some seated phone call. That's not a guy just doing something for shtick. No, that's him. That's him. He's all about that life. That's real. Casey in Boston. Usually very empathetic people in Boston. Let's see how this goes. Casey in Boston writes, run this sappy bitch, Rome. As only a Bostonian could say, run this sappy bitch, Rome. Run him. I racked him. Run him. I gave him a golden ticket. Run him. I gave him a runway that the rest of you would never have. Quote, run this sappy bitch, Rome. How about Milwaukee? You know, the Midwest. Midwest, most genuine people in the world. They'll understand. Milwaukee will understand. I mean, sure, Boston. Man, Boston is a tough town. Tough, tough, tough town. Harsh town in a lot of ways. And I'm not here to hate Boston. Half my family's in Boston. I know Boston. Tough, tough town. I would expect somebody from Boston to say, run this sappy bitch, Rome. But Milwaukee, now Wisconsin, is nice. Midwest, real, genuine. Let's find out. Tyler in Milwaukee tweets, Jeff is the biggest loser to ever call a radio show. Good God. Not the biggest loser to ever call my show. The biggest loser to ever call any radio show. Not the biggest loser to call a sports talk show, but the biggest loser to call a radio show, period. Damn Come on, man. Literally running down Take my it easy. The biggest loser ever? Run this sappy Bitch, why? He found a woman he loves. He had a baby. He can't wait to be a father. He invited me to his wedding because the show has made a difference in his life. Why are you killing this guy? I'm telling you what, a lot of you are pretty miserable. A lot of you are pretty miserable and your lives didn't turn out the way you hoped. And you know why you're miserable? Because your life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to and his life is turning out exactly the way he wants it to. So you're here to hate. That's my interpretation of this. All of you killing this guy are killing this guy because your lives didn't work out and his life is working out perfectly. Katie Savage, really quickly. Katie Savage is in. All right, a lady clone. She'll understand. I bet Jeff cried minutes after Jordan was created. Yeah, Katie, I bet. It's his daughter. He loves her. Really quickly, going to break. At John Chat 1 tweets, Jeff, dude, get in touch with your manhood. Paul Wilson, Jeff is such a bitch. All right, anyway, I don't have time for this. Jeff, you're all good, brother. Trust me, bro, you're all good. Even if they're calling you a sappy bitch and the lady clones are piling on, you're all good, bro. You're all good. Stay strong. Dudes, it's date night, right? Time to get your lettuce right. Experience Control GX from Just For Men. The first shampoo with a brain. So what makes it so smart? It reduces gray the same way it grows in gradually. The more you shampoo with Control GX, the less gray you have. Just use it until you like what you see. Now how smart is that? Smart enough to be voted men's hair care product of the year. Gradually reduce gray with the first shampoo with a brain. Find Control GX in the shave aisle. That's Control GX. 
One more NBA note. So Carmelo Anthony's postseason ended after six games. You probably know that. Utah Jazz sent OKC home after the Thunder's super team went one and done. That was not the plan. But just because their season ended prematurely does not mean that Melo is done with his season. Hell, the 14-year vet is playing some of the best defense of his entire career after he got memed on Instagram yesterday when somebody compared his career with Kyle Corver's. The following post went viral yesterday. Quote, who would have thought during the 2003 draft that 15 years down the line, Kyle Corver would be a better NBA player than Carmelo Anthony? End quote. Well, I can tell you one person who wouldn't have thought that Kyle Corver would be a better player than Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony. Because Melo got off that beach chair or wherever he's been spending the postseason and onto his phone and he hit that gram post with a response. Actually, not a response, but two. Not two, not three, four. Four responses in the comments. The certified blue check mark account of Mellows replied with the following. Here are the four responses. Wow. With several W's. Crying face emojis. Had to comment on this one. And lastly, F-O-H. As in... Get the bleep out of here. You're like, I'm not even sure what's better. The fact that Melo's getting trolled by an Instagram account called All NBA Riddles, or the fact that he's bouncing into the comments section to play the only D that he's played all season long on a meme that has people actually scratching their head and considering the very proposition. I mean, yes, Melo played in 10 All-Star games. Yes, he's been on six All-NBA teams. Yes, he's got a scoring title and gold medals and that big old contract that the Knicks could barely give away. But Korver is one of the only reliable wingmen for LeBron, while Melo was an anvil around Russ's ankle this postseason. Corver, he's got two postseason runs alongside the King the last couple of years and 125 playoff games under his belt. Melo is a dude where postseason runs go to die. He's played in only 72 playoff games in his career. And the only third round that he has gotten into lately is the tableside chips and guac. Melo, you're 15 years into this thing. You're a future Hall of Famer. You should not be jumping into the comments of a gram post to defend your legacy. But let me give you a tip. If the best D that you're going to play all year long is on social, maybe there's more truth to this than even you want to admit. So no, I'm not making the argument that Kyle Korver has had the career that Melo has had. And I do know that Korver is still playing while Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz sent Melo to the cabana for some sun after only six games. And maybe if you spent more time on the defensive end of the court saying FOH, nobody would be memeing your ass up about it. And that is a bad play, responding to something like that, an account like that. Who cares, Melo? Well, besides you. You just gave them exactly what they wanted. You proved their point for them. 
Look at a guy who's 15 years in on his way to the Hall of Fame with gold medals. Get hooked that badly. Again, if that's the best defense you played all year long, you've proven their point for them. Bad look, Mello. Per always, per usual, very bad look. One thing I have to clear up about the N-R-H-O-F. I will hit that a little bit later on. Hey, Rome, what the hell is Mello doing on Instagram? He should be in the club, allegedly, getting us pregnant. Sincerely, strippers. See, I'm not going cheap like that. I'm not getting cheap like that. I'm just saying. What's this guy doing on Instagram reading that stuff? Hey, listen, if you can't read that stuff and stay down, if you can't read that stuff and not respond, you should not be reading that stuff. That does not go well for you. Because nobody's off the side going, damn, Mello, roasted. Way to go, Mello. Way to handle your business. Way to thumb that out. There's no one anywhere who matters is saying that. Hey, Jim, I can assure you, Carmelo is a better player than Kyle Korver. Signed Cinnamon. See, all this did, Mello, was give everybody a reason to come at you with their stripper smack. Another reason to leave your phone in sleep mode. Son, Mike in Buffalo. No sooner than I started the take, they didn't even need to hear the take. No sooner than I started that take, that was the response that started pouring in. The family fridge at home used to be covered in magnets and scratch paper. Not anymore. Just reliable, posted extremes that don't need magnets and never, ever fall down. If you work on a hot, dusty job site or in a loud, wet kitchen, you know how tough it can be to communicate clearly. But now with new posted extreme notes, you can get that message across and you can get that job done in any weather condition, including rain, heat, and humidity. I'm talking in any element whatsoever. New posted extreme notes are water resistant. They're made with Durahold paper and adhesive, so they'll stick to pretty much anything at all. Concrete, drywall, raw wood, even brick. So no matter what the task is on that job site, you can get that message across with new Post-it Extreme Notes. Again, communication is everything. You can't lead if you can't communicate. You've got to get your message across. Do it with new Post-it Extreme Notes. Buy them today, wherever you get your Post-it Notes. New Post-it Extreme Notes. This is how it goes on this program. If you missed yesterday's show, you missed a lot. In fact, you missed more than a lot. You missed me give in to the internet terrorists that are leveraging their Hall of Fame votes with a list of demands of me. Now, by now, most of you know, because I keep talking about it, but not as much as I could, about being nominated for the National Radio Hall of Fame. And by now, most of you also know that the category is going to be decided by a public vote. That means on June 4th, can you write it down? June 4th, when the polls open up, I need each and every one of you, not a lot of you, not some of you, each and every one of you, to help all of us get into the National Radio Hall of Fame together. I'm not in. Doing this together is a great thing, and it's enough for some of you, but not all of you, as I found out, which is why yesterday... I did for the first time ever, sit down at this table to negotiate the terms of your vote. Because for the first time ever, and I will own this, I need you more than you need me. Here is the deal then. 
now through Friday, June 1st, I'm inviting you to send me your list of demands. These are things that you want to hear or see that I can make happen. You can tweet me at Jim Rome. You can email me at Rome at Habitate.com. I've told Hawk, run this thing. Take all of them. Put them on a piece of paper. You have 10 days to tell me what it is you want in exchange for your Hall of Fame vote. For the next 10 days, we will keep the list. Monday, June 4th, when the polls open up, I'm going to put every single one of your reasonable, reasonable demands into a box. The box will hereby be known as the Box of Chaos. And live, on air, Monday, July 4th, I will randomly draw five of your demands from the Box of Chaos. The five demands that I draw will be paid off in full if you do your job and you get me into the Hall of Fame. It's like, I thought that maybe I'd done my job. Giving everything I have for 30 years, not good enough. You could do 30 years worth of work in two weeks. If you get up off your backside and do what I know you clones can do. I've seen you before. I know what you're about. So if you want your demand to be met, submit it between now and Friday, June 1st. So I can add it to the box of chaos. Monday, June 4th. Here are some of the demands. If you need some ideas, here they are. If you want to know what some of the demands are, here they are. One of the first things to come up, Rome, give up the rapper who hit on Janet. Let Lil Alvi host a segment. Take Hawk's porn stash down. Take your goatee, Rome, down to a stash. Do an interview on the Woodscopes. Bring back the hack off one last time. Let Janet host a segment. Finally admit Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse. It doesn't make any sense. Bring back the piece of crap list. Bring back the death pool. Make Hawk run a 10K in golf spikes. Wear Hawk-style shirts buttoned to the top for one week of shows. Slam a pint of beer live on air, Tom Brady style. Be the best man at Jeff and San Antonio's wedding. Take a nap with the CFO of Carnap Nation in his car for 15 minutes. Make James Kelly read tweets about his forehead for a segment. Mean tweets, actually. Listen, all these things can work. All these things will go into the box of chaos, but you can do even better. There are other things that you must want me to do. Remember, only one thing. Do not double back and try to reset the things from Romageddon. We're not doing that. We've already had that day. We're not doing that. Those things are not fair game. They're off the table. I'm not going to bring back the family. I'm not going to bring back Toby. I'm not going to bring back personal appearances as show fodder. I'm not going to bring back bum smack. You've already done that. You earned it. I delivered. It's done. I'm not going to resurrect that. These are all new things. Remember, I'll pick five randomly, June 4th. And then I will meet five of your demands if we, 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 all of us get into the Radio Hall of Fame together. Listen, I didn't want to come to this, but what choice do I really have? It's public vote for my category. You clones have the hammer. And you got to swing the hammer when you have the hammer. Here is your green light. Swing away. What do you want from me? Anything can happen on live TV. I mean anything. Anything can happen, and generally it does. A low-speed Bronco chase. An 18-month baby rescue from a well. For whatever reason, there's a few of you idiots that will not let that one go. A field reporter 
falling off a wood deck while smashing grapes in a bucket. Oh, no. Oh, oh, dear. I think she's actually hurt. No, there. I think she oh, is. Oh, you think? Yeah, she, she, she took a hard fall off there. Yeah, yeah I don't care if you don't let that one go. Okay. She deserves whatever she gets. I mean, these are all unforgettable moments. They were captured live on video. Live. On video. They're going to live on forever. Especially for that dope who just bought it. Yesterday, two more soon-to-be iconic scenes graced the airwaves on the same day. Live. Let's start in my own backyard, in the birthplace and mecca of televised car chases, Los Angeles, California. A stolen black Toyota Camry had officers in pursuit for over two hours when the suspect spanned three different SoCal counties before taking the chase off the highway and onto the streets. The ABC7 had aerial coverage of the entire thing. And despite this happening virtually every single day in this town, and with two anchors having sat through probably 100 of these things, they somehow became utterly confused and puzzled when the suspect pulled over at a mini-mart. Suspect parks the car, casually strolls right on in. Now, in their defense... I've never seen a criminal that cold-blooded. Never seen a guy who jacks somebody else's rig flatline like that. While the cops are in pursuit, and you know their adrenaline is pumping, and the entire city is watching, I have never seen a criminal that cool before. And you know why that is? Because the dude they had on video who was ice cold and flatlining, was not the criminal. Is he running out of gas? <laughs> he's stopping at like that mini mart kind of thing uh, at that gas station. Ooh, he's getting out of the car, Interesting, Alan. okay. Well, at least we saw the car door open. Looks like he's wearing a different shirt. I feel like he was wearing a blue shirt before. Oh. So, okay, so now he's in Glen Avon. He pulled into this gas station. Um, he got out of the car. He's apparently inside that mini mart. I hope to God that he's not armed and... I don't know if the passenger uh, got out of the vehicle. It didn't look like it, Colleen, but it's hard to say. No, my eyes were on that driver's side. But now, Bruce, what would they do here if he's pulled pulled into this? Oh, dear. We might have the wrong car, Colleen. Okay, so that's, you know, that's just one of the deals of this sort of pursuit. It's a black sedan. There's a million of them out there, and I think, is this our guy again? I think this is our man. We apologize for that. Uh-oh! Oh, dear. We might have the wrong car, Colleen. Oh, dear. We might have the wrong car, Colleen. Oh, no, you definitely have the wrong car, Colleen. There's no might about that. God, that was so awesome. Hey, that's weird. The suspect changed his shirt. Oh, that's weird. There is no passenger in the shotgun. Wow, what's going on here? Now, you got the wrong car. There's no might about that. Because the next suspect to pull off for a Slurpee with a pack of heaters in the middle of a pursuit, and a pack of heaters, in the middle of a pursuit chase, will be the first. Hey, there's a million black sedans in this town. You know, that's just one of the deals of this sort of pursuit. It, it, it's a black sedan. There's a million of them out there. 
Maybe not a million. However, memo to all car boosters in the making. Lift a black sedan. Apparently, they are impossible to keep track of. Even with a chopper overhead and no tunnels or parking garages for miles and experienced anchors with their eyes fixed on you. If you're going to jack a rig, make sure it's a black sedan. Now, in Colleen's defense and her co-worker, I probably should let them off the hook in terms of that botch job. They were only going off the live shot that they had from the chopper. So the pilot and the cameraman in the Air 7 can wear that one. It wasn't the anchors who zoomed in on the wrong sled and the wrong dude. So Colleen, that one's not on you, nor your partner. But way to lead from the front and apologize for the entire crew. Too bad for the real suspect that the police also were in pursuit and not just Air 7. And the cops weren't deked. Because shortly after the local news lost track of this guy, the cops had him and the passenger was eating pavement with his hands behind his back. So that one ended well for humanity, even if not for ABC7. Wish I could say the same for Billy Ripken, who was live on MLB Network last night. Love those guys, love the show, and you know I love Sean Casey. Case is one of my favorite guys ever. So Billy and the Mayor were in Studio 42 on their mini baseball diamond doing a demo on opposite field hitting. Billy Rip on a knee from the mound. This is not a regulation field. That mound is not 60 feet 6 inches. That mound is maybe 15 feet 5 inches from the dish. Case standing in the lefty's batter's box. It's a guy who could really hit back in the day. He's ready to take some down the third baseline, showing how to go oppo with it. You can hear it. Now listen to this. If you're watching on CBS, you can watch this. Check this. You can hear it in the first clip. Billy tells the mayor, quote, the first one you should try to hit someone in the third base dugout just to make sure I'm safe. So Rip underhands the mayor the first soft toss, and everything goes according to plan. Too bad, Bill pushed his luck and then lobbed in a second one. I know, so the first one you should try to hit somebody in the third base dugout. Right, right. Make sure I'm safe. Okay, let me make sure. Okay, there we go. I like it. Boom, all right, perfect. You're safe. Oh! Oh my God, Rip, you all right? (laughs) (laughs) Rip, I'm so sorry. No, you should try to hit somebody in the dugout. I'm sorry, I'm (laughs) sorry. Oh, we're gonna get this one, I promise. My eyes are watering. <laughs> you said, I'm so sorry. We've done a million of these. I've never got you in 10 I guess years. I should put my hand up next time. Oh my God, please Woo. go up. I'm so scared of you right All now. Right. <laughs> How about that right there? That two crack sound you heard was the ball leaving Case's bat at a million miles per hour and the ball then smoking rip. Dead in the mug. Listen to this. Oh! Oh my God, Rip, you all right? No time to react from 15 feet. So Billy wore it on his face, and he did it like a champ. Oh! Oh my God, Rip, you all right? I love the mayor instantly screaming, Oh my God, Rip, you all right? Oh! Oh my God, Rip, you all right? All right. My man didn't even blink. My man didn't even flinch. Dude just took a line drive rocket off his eye from 15 feet and was reaching for the next ball to soft toss. What a legend. But the best part of the clip, though, is the mayor taking the first pitch down the line and then saying, all right, perfect, you're safe. 
only to obliterate Rip's face one pitch later. Okay, there we go. I like it. Boom. All right, perfect. You're safe. Oh! Oh, my God, Rip, you all right? Oh, my God, I killed Rip. Oh, my God, are you dead, Rip? Oh, my God. I mean, somehow, some way, Rip stays in, waves off the trainer who comes running in from the dugout and lobs a third pitch. And then somehow, some way, the mayor, who is the best guy ever and badly rattled in the moment, is able to go oppo with it like he was supposed to. Check it. Somehow, some way, Rip is still alive. Let me just leave it at that. Sean Casey tweeted after that, quote, I'm buying dinner for Rip tonight. Yeah, either that or he can buy him a new face or a catcher's mask or some net to put between him and your rocket-launching, face-destroying bat. My man got absolutely smoked right in the face. And he just kind of carried on like it was nothing, like some gnat had landed on him. Great, great day for TV, especially live TV. Keep the cameras rolling, people. There is gold in them, their studios. Oh! Oh, my God, Rip, you all right? Good night now!